Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may take me a little bit. So I want y'all to know that uh, I am so glad to to uh, be able to have uh, to to minister to y'all. Uh, I uh, am always excited whenever I get the chance to to do this, and um, with uh, Pastor Andrew and Pastor Mike, I didn't know y'all were going to be in here this morning. So I'm no, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, no. Oh, I hear you. You got a what? Oh, oh yeah. I'm getting a grade. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, no. You always know who the real committed people are when the people know that the pastors are not going to be in certain things, and then they still show up. You know, on Wednesday nights and and Sunday mornings and things like that. So, um, I do want to, uh, Pastor Andrew, would you? Um, Pray for, for utterance this morning, either you or Pastor Mike. That's an old term, pray yeah. for utterance. Yeah. When he said that, I was like, I, instantly, instantly I thought of a cow. Wow. <laughs> Lord, we pray for utterance. <laughs> I wasn't raised in church, so you say. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I, I get it. I totally get it. Thank you. I just had to make fun of you for your church ease. <laughs> Don't, hey, no, no making fun. Don't be making fun of my, my foot size now. That's, too, that's, a, that's a bridge too far. No, I'm just kidding. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today, Lord God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you would move in this place, Lord God, that you would bring such a, a powerful spirit of revelation, Lord God. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, I just ask, Lord God, that as we live in this day, God, of an unchanging environment, Lord God, that you would anchor us in the on the word, your rock, Lord God, and let us not be moved by every, every wave and every breeze that blows and every direction, God. Let us know who we are and how we are and where we are and when we are, Lord God. And let us be the church that you've called us to be in this day. Amen. Yes, I got utterance now. Now we're going to have to get the cow out. So, <laughs> and I'm not, I, no, no. So anyways, um, I want to tell you, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Mike, uh, this is a great honor for me and uh, I can't Thank you enough. Um, guys, we got good pastors. Amen. And so, yes, um, I, I spoke briefly with them yesterday, um, and I told them I, I didn't really step up a whole lot at first in the church because I just wanted to kind of sit and listen. And, and uh, I had some things going on at the time. I wanted to make sure that I was walking out right and when I stepped up into that place that uh, the scripture talks about being worthy of the calling that you have on your life. Uh, not that you're, uh, Jesus made you worthy, but you need to have a walk and a track record and progressing in the things of the Lord so that as more is given to you, because uh, it says to whom much is given, much is required. I wanted to be able to make sure that I could begin to uh, function in that like I'm supposed to, and by, I'm by no means perfect, but uh, I, I've, I have come to the place to where all I want is what God wants for me, and, and I want to be able to bring forth uh, what God has in me to the body of Christ and do my part, um, and I've heard a lot from the pulpit from Pastor Mike and Pastor Andrea here and over there. If you notice, a lot of their stuff kind of mirrors. Um, it might be in different places, but the message is the same. And um, it is basically that we all need to come together, do our part, and operate and function as one body in the love of God. And I would love to see the whole community, you know, us be some of the first ones to get out there and operate as a community the way we're supposed to in the body of Christ because that's how it works. I mean, and uh, the body of Christ has been handicapped for many years, and I've chose to uh, do my part. And so uh, I just encourage you to do the same. Um, I will say it since they're not up here. They are gifts to you. 
to edify you and build you and bring you up to the place and the level where you're supposed to walk. That's their, that's their call. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do, but, you know, I consider myself under their ministry. And so um, I want to just be functioning as one body. Um, I do want to, since I do have this for like five weeks, I believe, with the exception of next week, um, I, the way the Lord gave this to me, it's going to seem like we're not on track maybe at first, but we're going to get there because I believe that I do have to lay a foundation to kind of build on. And I do believe that if you'll walk with me through this, uh, that you'll see some things, you'll hear some things, and you'll know some things that you otherwise would not have known. And Jesus, uh, his, his message is the same. If you have ears to hear, then hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches because we're, we are standing right now, just like this line is right here, with our toes over the line. And this is all about to wrap up, and it's going to be quick. I do believe that. And um, we need to know what our instruction is and be able to hear because I do believe that throughout time, God has released, well, if, if you think about in the Old Testament, he told them to eat the manna for the day and don't store up for the next day. But basically the message, not necessarily from what the people were supposed to receive, but the way God does things is he um, releases what is necessary for that time. And he is releasing some things in the earth that if you're religious, uh, when I say religious, I mean if you're set on how it's always been, how it's always been, this is structured, this is going to be this way, um, you're probably going to miss some things because it's not that the scripture's clear. It says that there's no private interpretation of the word. It's always been there. Just the light hasn't been turned on on all of it. And the best way I can think of to uh, illustrate this is if you have some mini blinds or something and they're all the way closed. Let's say when we got first got started, you can see a little light when you walk in and then they start to turn. And it gets a little brighter, a little brighter, a little brighter, a little brighter, a little brighter. Well, we're kind of at that place where the blinds are... Um, opened up and now we're just going to pull this you know you might pull the string and we're that's where we're at and for those that know how to to I mean there's not going to be a lot of time to go back and uh try and learn you know we're going to learn about faith we're going to do this we're going to you're going we just got to go you know and um I believe that's where where the Lord has us and so uh I am doing my best and I know they are doing their best to hear from the Lord and to put what the Lord has in them out here because I can tell you whenever we first started coming, Jane and I first started coming to this church, we literally sat and talked and I said, I feel like the Lord put this church on my heart. I said, you know, I went there one time when I was a kid a long time ago and I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just remember that that church is there. And... Uh, so, you know, we attend, or we, I think we went, and then I came back home, and I said, well, you know, it was, it was okay and everything. Y'all were okay. And, and so I just, uh, oh, yeah, it was you. I'm sorry. You were okay. And so <laughs> just doing the, he's just kind of going along the best he can. And, and so, uh, you know, <laughs> she was still working on him. And, and so, yeah, yeah. It was okay, and so we talked, and uh, one of the, I'll tell you, probably in like 1996 or so, I learned about the blood covenant, and that has not been far from my mind since then. I have thought about it. I read the scripture thinking about it because I understand in the Western world, we are a people who write contracts and things and when, as we're writing the contract we're trying to put loopholes in there so that we can get out of it if we need to and much of what is if you did that back in these days 
they kill you for that. You you don't. I mean, that would they would kill you. They would kill your family, and they would chase down people for generations and kill them if you did that because a blood covenant is so powerful and so strong that it's meant to take two people or two groups of people with differences so vast that like let just for example you got one group of people that man they got a green thumb and they can grow everything and then you got another group of people over here they're warriors but they're starving because they can't grow anything. And so they come together, they make a covenant, and then now it's not where this one's weak, now they're strong. Where this one's weak, now they're strong. And so your strengths grow together. That's why it's a that's why it has to be in a marriage, a man and a woman. And and so anyways, I won't go any further down that, but you get what I'm saying. Um so it's like uh my wife and I I think of, you know, she could probably manage money better than me, but I'm better at believing for it. <laughs> you know, and what good is it to manage if you can manage it if you don't have any? You know what I'm saying? And so, it's uh, one of those things that you you the the groups, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, she sends me out there, but uh, and she makes me go. You know, she's like, no, go on back. But what I will say though, seriously, is um. I will say that over the past two or three years, and I, I'm not, I promise, I'm not, I'm still, you might not, you might not think so, but we're, we're going to stay on track here. Um, what I would say is that about three years ago or so, um, I was talking to Jane, and man, I was just worked to the bone. And uh, I, we were talking about doing some things, and and I said, well, you know, I'm the provider of the house and and went on and just kind of finished the conversation. And when she walked out of the room, the Lord said, that's the problem. You're the provider. And I was like, whoa, okay. I was like, well, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, I was like, okay, well, then let me get out of the way, find out what's going on, where the stop, it, it, or where it's plugged up. And... Um, the things that he started putting on my heart, I had to, he was like, you need to stop working as much. And uh, I was like, well, you know, we still have some bills that we need to pay, things like that. And you have to be led by this individually. I wasn't, I didn't completely stop working. But the that night when I made that decision, things immediately started to shift within just the next, like the next day. And I uh, came to the place where I was working less, and she was staying home, and I was making more, and um, just things started happening, and our everything changed when I met, let the Lord be the provider. Now, you got to be led in that because I believe in hard work. I do. I mean, uh, but working a different way. You're working from rest, not working for and just working yourself from bon- the bone and that's the thing about the gospel that we got that we have to learn is we work from a place of rest. And if you think, I'll put it like this: uh, Where's the scripture that says uh, our work is to believe on the one that God has sent? And that sounds simple, <laughs> but when you're facing sickness and disease, you're facing life. I mean. It, it's uh you want to jump out there and do something but our job is to get what the scripture says about that situation down in our heart and out of our mouth so that God can change that situation for us and so that's what we've endeavored to do as things get harder we press in harder to the word instead of going out working harder out there and uh you know you every person has to be led in this journey but um, it, the word of God's real, and it really works. That's what I'm here to tell you today. I, you know, I felt like God told me at one point, you know, I want you to go and teach and do this and, and start living by faith. And I was like, well, you know, okay. But, I, you know, I hadn't, didn't have a whole lot of fruit in my life at the time. And I, but I promised God I'd tell him, tell what happened. And I told him, I said, well, if you don't take care of me, I'm going to tell that. And so far, you know, 
And I said, so this stuff, it better work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going. Yeah, but uh, if it don't work, I'm going to tell them. And yeah, yeah, maybe. And I was like, well, I ain't had anything to tell yet. So that was a long time ago. So I'm here to tell you that this works. So this first week, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to give you a little background about me and uh, well, you, I guess you're kind of, I got a captive audience here, because one of the things that I want to start leading up to is, and Pastor Andrew and I were talking about this, is we're at a place where it's obvious that out there, that the church, um, I mean, our influence in the world is not what it could be or should be, and until we can show those people out there uh, through demonstration, not through necessarily preaching, but demonstrating to them that this gospel is real, it has not changed, it is as powerful today as it was when when Jesus spoke it into the existence. And there's there's uh, I believe there's a group of people in the earth today, and I'm one of them. I'm going to be one of them. I hope you're one of them. That is listening. And asking God, please show me. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm going to step out. If you tell me to do something, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to take the time and let my mind get a hold of it. If I get get it in my spirit, boom, my feet are going to start moving. Because And now you have to work at that because you say that, and then sometimes you get to, oh, whoa, whoa, you know. And But I'm determined, that, and I believe God's merciful, and if I ever do miss it like that, he's going to stop me, or I, he's going to, He's going to work with me, but I am determined that when I hear, I'm going to act. That way, there's not that you stop and start thinking about things. You can lose that miracle in a second. And um, the Lord is uh, helping me and showing me some things. And, I, and uh, I, I'm just, and you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning, but I am really out there trying to learn how to move when God says move and get the results that the word of God promises you can get and so I know this I know this word is real and so you know I'll kind of go back and give you a little testimony about me and um, and then we'll kind of get into this and I would say that uh, ultimately this is a, a the teaching that I'm doing over the period of weeks is on the authority of the believer and it's probably from a different angle than maybe you've heard it before. So um, if you've heard, oh, I've heard that before, please don't do that with this this time. Because I do believe that the Lord has a little bit different angle than I've ever saw it from. And, and it's I find it very interesting. Um, but to, like today, um, the first segment or the, that, that's going into it is more uh, Romans 4.25. It says that uh, Jesus was crucified for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. Now, the church is very familiar with Jesus was crucified for our sins part, but we've stopped short at the he was raised for our justification. And that is where we're going to have to get and operate from. And until we get to that, the, and like I told Pastor Andrew, Pastor Mike, you know, I mean, this is, this is, it's a, uh, I do not want you to think in any breath that I have up here that I would diminish the work that Jesus has done for us on the cross. Every one of us has had to come to the cross. The cross is the place where we, our lives were changed. The cross is the place where we fell in love with Jesus. The cross is, man, I, I can't even put it into words. But there's, we are called now to ha- bring others to the cross. But in order to do that, we're going to have to operate from the throne room. We're going to have to operate where the authority and the power is and live there and that is where we're going to get our what it takes listening to the Lord, listening to him on that level, and doing what he's called us to do in order to get 
the results that we need in the earth to turn this thing around. And one of the things I could tell you is uh, if you look out there in the earth today, you could see on the news, you can see in the world, everything, things going on in Ukraine, all of those things, it looks bad. It does look bad. Um, and I've, I have committed and I've done the same thing I've heard you talk about doing about probably close to about two years ago. Um, I, I just was praying and, and uh, I realized I was feeling a lot of stress. I was having a harder time believing things because I had the news on all the time. I had my Facebook open or my Twitter open and this, you know, looking for some type of encouragement that way. And I just, was, I, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with it. And I just deleted all of my social media. And I, I can honestly say, this is hard to do. I, you talked about it. You delete that and you want to log back in because they'll hold it for you for like six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they delete it from my understanding in segments. So like if you do... If you come back after like three months, they'll have part of your profile will be there, but the other part will be gone. And the longer you wait, then it's supposed to be completely gone. And I think I've made it probably about, oh, I don't know, 19 or 20 months, and I hadn't logged in, so it's supposed to be gone. So yeah, no, yeah, should I go look? So, so, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I'm gonna go back in time here just a little bit to 19. 93 so yeah that's a yeah that's a year so right um what i my some of my background is i i was whenever and i the reason i don't tell this all the time is because i want people to see the i want them to see the what god does not what the devil can do or anything like that i want to give glory to god not necessarily say well the devil did this to me and this and this and this so what i'll tell you is um, when my mother was pregnant with me, uh, my father got into an automobile accident in a little Fiat. And it, um, another car came over into his lane and they collided. And this was, the medicine was not quite as modern as it is now, obviously. And so he did not even know who my mom was after that uh crash and he didn't know who pretty much anybody really was too much he could kind of put a little few things together uh, and and he would you know my grandmother would always tell him this is your wife and and you know my mom would follow him through the house or whatever and he'd be like why are you following me I don't know who you are would you please go away and you know say say so it was uh ended up they ended up having a getting a divorce after about three years of trying to figure out how to make this work and it wasn't working my dad wasn't getting any better and they needed to keep me kind of away from him while he was in that state so I grew up um you know I remember going to see my dad and, and mental institution and things like that and and you know that certainly that was difficult for a small kid and I was trying to figure out why and what and everything and so you know, I think it messed my mom up really bad, and so she didn't really know how to respond to that, and she got off into drugs, alcohol, things like that, and I uh, pretty much ended up growing up at a very young age on the street, knowing things that, you know, you don't need to be knowing at 13 years of age. You know, my mom gave me my uh, first joint. She gave me my first everything line uh the whole deal you know and i mean so uh it's you know it's weird my you know my friends would want to come over to my house because my mom was cool and we could go in my room and get high and smoke pot and all of that and and uh nobody said anything and so it was kind of a safe place for them to go and my mom always said well you know i'd rather them be doing it here than out there on the street and stuff but the reality is, is in both places, and, you know, I was doing what I wanted to do anyways, and so I got into a lot of trouble growing up, and I made up my mind that, hey, you know what, I'm going to join the Navy. I had a friend that was in the Navy, and I said, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and join the military and uh, take off and go that direction, and he was a submarine mechanic, and so 
I was like, I want to be a submarine mechanic because I like he. I kind of looked up to him a lot, and he was the one guy in our group that you know I could tell when he joined the military. You know, he gave he left all that stuff behind and started doing something with his life. And I knew in that little small town that if I stayed there, I was going to end up in trouble, which because I was in trouble all the time, anyways. And so um, I had literally went through. Um, I quit high school, and I got my GED before my class even graduated because I wanted to get out of town. I just wanted to, I was done. And uh, did everything, went and took the test, you know, what is it called, the ASVAB test, and uh, I passed that and had everything set, and I was going to go and into the military. And so when I was standing there, I had the paperwork right there in front of me to sign, and all I had to do was sign my name, and I was enlisted. And um, the recruiter looked at me and said, I see you got scoliosis in your, in your medical history. And I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, boy, take off your shirt. And so I did. And he said, oh, no, we're done. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, and so, like, this was my whole dream. I had literally the first time since I started doing drugs at 13 I knew that if I could pass that drug test, I would be able to get in the military. So it's the first time I had quit doing drugs for an extended period of time where I could get in to the military. And so, but in the meantime, I started drinking and I would get me a, the very first time I drank really, like, I mean, it's not the first time I drank, but, you know, I'd pour tequila in this big old, I'd pour it that that full in a big quart glass and I'd say I'm just having one and I you know I'd pull, put me some more you don't need but one <laughs> you know and so um, over the period of that time that I wasn't doing drugs I was so used to be inebriated by something that I decided that I was going to do this now I'm standing in front of this guy's desk and I can't get into the military so now when I walk out I'm on both and I'm just I, I've had the personality where it was all or nothing, man. I mean, I, you, I never did drink two or three beers. I drank till I was blind, you know. And so um, that was just how I, you know, and I, that's how I want to do with God. I want all of it. I want all, all, all of it. And um, I don't want to hold back. And so that kind of comes to play in this part of my life, but in a good way. And so... Uh, my grandmother had taken me to church growing up, uh, and that was the only, uh, I guess, um, experiences I had with God. I went to a Baptist church, a uh, vacation Bible school, and I think probably a lot of y'all have been down that road, and it's a good road to go down. But um, I, growing up, the, I had on my dad's side, he's doing good now. He's healed. Because of the word of God. Yeah, we spoke. We, when I learned about this, we locked in and we started speaking the word of God. He's in his, uh, now, because uh, a lot of this was behind him, he's in his sixth marriage. Yeah, but he's been married to her for 15 years. She's a doctor. <laughs> and uh, they are doing well. And she takes care of him the way that a man needs, you know, I mean, she, she knows about his past, and she takes care of him and makes sure that he does what he's supposed to. And I'll tell you what, my dad is the most peaceful, relaxed, just, just having a good time in life person that I know. And uh, this stuff, what I'm here to tell you is this stuff works, but you got to work it. And, uh, you know, my grandmother, she grew up in that Baptist church too, and uh, she's never stopped realizing what happened and she's like I just know the word of God works and Jesus is the same as he's always been and I mean you know she doesn't understand everything but boy I tell you what she she'll come to these tongue-talking churches now that little Baptist lady and she's 92 and uh, she still drives and she still goes and she still cleans house because she's been serving the Lord her whole life and she speaks the word of God over herself, and she lives it, and God has honored her, and, you know, I believe that when she goes home, we've talked about it, and um, she's just going to step out, 
and go on and be with the Lord. Ain't no, don't need no have no suffering or any of that going on. And so um, she's a, she knows what she believes, and she's been believing for that for a long time. And she's going to have it. Or she has it now. We believe it. <laughs> but um, I came to the place where I was living with somebody, and it was just every, you know how it is when you're serving the devil. And so um, I, there was a preacher that lived down the street from me whenever I was um, growing up. And uh, he would come through and witness to us and minister to us and everything. And, and uh, I, I, every time he would talk about God, that my heart would, like it says, that your heart burns within you. It was just burning. And I was like, man, I said, yes, sir, I want to get, you know, I want to, I want to get saved. I want to get baptized and all of that. And he would always say, well, you know, you need to start coming to church and doing this and this and this. And then we'll, I think I'd been born again at nine years old at the Baptist church. And then he would come and talk to us. And I was like, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. And he would try and put me through this process of you need to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And, you know, there was one day I walked down to his house, I remember, and I was knocked on, you know, I knocked on the door. I was like, I don't care if you have to put me in the bathtub. I just knew I wanted to be baptized. Please just baptize me. And he wouldn't do it because he wanted me to go through these steps. I, did, I was serious, man. Just dump some water on me. I don't care. And so he wouldn't do it. And so I really kind of got a little bitter with the church and everything. And I learned in, in that I was born again at nine years old at a Baptist church, but I would want to serve the Lord, and I'd go, and the way it was set up, I'd go to my dad's house for the weekend every other week, and then I would be with my mom. And my grandmother, because my dad was having issues, my grandmother would be the one that would actually take care of me and take me to church on Sunday. And she's the sweetest woman in the world. She is the, I mean, sweet, sweet, sweet. But if you tell her you ain't going to church on Sunday... I promise you, you're going to go one way or the other. There, I had a drug problem then, too. She drugged me to church every time she could. <laughs> and, I mean, there was not, you, the, just forget it, you're going. Unless you're dead or you might be dead when you get there. Cause she, but, um, so I knew about Jesus. I believe I was born again, but there was no mind renewal there at all. And so um, when I was 21 years old, I still remember it. I had been drinking and uh, taking part in some other recreational activities. And um, I, so I was not completely clear-minded, so to speak. I got that way real fast. But um, something kept compelling me for like about two or three. I, I worked a night shift, so I'd get off at 6 a.m. I'd go to the beer store, get some beer, and, you know, that's that was my morning. And I promise we're getting here, but it may be the next time. I just want to be able to show you and tell you uh, about this because I think it's important. Um, so I knew the, about the Lord, and I only knew one verse of Scripture, and that was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that, you know, we should not perish. Or how does it go? I done forgot it. Oh, my gosh. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that's it, yeah. I just don't know it now. <laughs> that's funny. I've never forgot the scripture till now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, man. That right there just put me at like a 65, so I'm going to have to have to get back up over the hump there. So that's funny. I have never forgot that. It's just uh, I'm excited. I'm not nervous. Don't get think that I am excited is what it is. And I was like, Lord, I just want to share. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know it. Yeah. And so I, that's when I had my encounter with the Lord. And quite frankly, I was glad that there wasn't a preacher there that day. Because if I, there had been... I really feel like I would not have stepped into the level of victory that I did um, because I believed God was God and he can do anything. And that's a good thing to believe. Yeah. And so um, I went 
I remember I went to the love seat, I, I, or what I did was I opened that Bible on the desk to John 3.16 because I had learned how to find a scripture, the only one that I knew, and uh, I read it, and when I read it, all I could say it was very different that time because it was just like, I read it and I was like, oh, and I was like, this is real, and just, I mean, the light came on. And I was like, wow, and just kind of stunned. And I fell on my knees, and I started praying, and I'll never forget what I saw and what happened. And the encounter that I had was, I understand what Tim talked about. It's what happened to me. Is um, So I really connected with your testimony when you shared that because there's a scripture in the Bible that says and Jesus looking on them loved them loved him I all of a sudden and it wasn't a vision like it was out here it, it was it was on the inside but I knew it wasn't me and I mean you it was like almost in your imagination it was in my spirit you know I just wasn't I wasn't sensitive to my spirit yet and so what I saw was we were all outside, all my friends and I, we were in the desert at night with a bonfire going, and we were all sitting like Indian style around this bonfire. And we were smoking pot and drinking beer, having a good time. And I remember that uh, I had a joint in one hand and I had a Budweiser beer, one of the 12 ounce Budweiser's, right there in this hand, or whichever hand it was, and uh, I uh, was, we, I remember I was laughing and everything. We were having a good time. And I just looked up. And when I looked up, Jesus was hanging on the cross in front of this fire. And, I mean, blood was going all down in his face. And he looked right in my eyes. And the look that he gave me, there was zero condemnation. There was zero any type of how dare you anything it was i love you and i'm doing it for you and that hit my spirit and i looked back back down at my hands and i was like i got up and i went and i took all of that mess and threw it away and i was like i'm done i'm done i'm done and I walked away, and I, like I told Pastor Andrea, I said, um, I did not know you had to do a 12-step program. So I'm glad there wasn't somebody there to inform me about that. You know, I'm not saying that don't, I'm not, that's exactly right. I'm not saying, I'm not condemning a 12-step program. Uh, sometimes ignorance is bliss, though, because I just was like, well, that's God, and here we go. And so... Um, uh, the power of God definitely came into my life uh, immediately, and I knew it was real, and I knew I'd changed. And I told all my friends, I was like, man, uh, I would go, and I'd be like going in there. You know, they're sitting there getting high and everything. I'm like, listen to me, man. This Jesus guy, <laughs> this is a real deal, man. And uh, they're like, oh, man, you know, and I had one that she goes, I've been saved before. You'll be back with us in three or four days. I said, no. No, I won't. No. And um, I wasn't. And so I just, I knew that God was real. I knew the word was real. And I knew I wanted to serve that Jesus that was hanging there and looking at me because I never have been loved like that. And, and he didn't have to say a word. Just the look. If you've ever looked in his eyes, I'm just telling you. If when the first time, if you haven't, when you look in his eyes, you just just melt you. And I'm talking about the hardest person in the world. It'll just melt you down. Um, he loves you. He loves us all, and um, he wants to do that for everybody. And so it's uh, you know, one of the things that I didn't start gaining an education probably until years later, and. Um, I'm thankful for what I've been taught, but 
I'm glad that I know some of the things that I know, but I have to remember the simplicity of the gospel because if you don't remember the simplicity of the gospel, the more educated you get, the less you'll be able to operate in certain areas because you want to be able to understand everything. And I've always been the one that wants to understand everything. And and you can't understand everything. And some I don't know how a car runs, but I do know if I put the key in it and turn the ignition, it's supposed to start and I'm supposed to be able to go. I don't know what goes on under the hood. I'm not a mechanic, but I just know it's supposed to work. And that's how this is. In the principles of the gospel, he's made it so simple that until we humble ourselves to that level, you're not going to be able to receive from. And that's what's wrong with the world. You know, I mean, I, and I've, I've, I've got, uh, you know, I've got two degrees in science. And, and it's like, I respect science. I do. I totally respect science. I think it's uh, wonderful. But if you are relying on that knowledge to save you from something, it's not. This gospel on the simplistic level is what's going to save you. And I can even prove, you know, I'm, I love to mess with science, scientists and stuff. I'll be, I tell them, I say, well, they, they tell me all this stuff. I'll say, well, you do know that the brain is not where knowledge is stored, right? And I, what? What are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, like I mess with Clayton maybe a little bit. But I say, uh, you know, cause he, he, but he knows what he's talking about. I mean, I'm just saying that just messing with him. The rich man in Lazarus, where was that fella? He was in hell, and he was still seeing, smelling, uh, tasting, if possible, and feeling the flames. Everything was intact, everything. Where was his physical brain at that moment? It was in a hole in the ground somewhere. So your brain is how you express yourself into this realm. And that's what it's for, and that's what it is. And that's why, like, a stroke or something somebody has, and it, and it uh, has that necrotic tissue in certain parts, that's the part that won't work, and it's different for everybody. But revelation knowledge and information is actually stored in your spirit. And so we learn to operate from our spirit and supersede Here's where I'm going by the time we get to the end of this. We need to be going to the Lord with this. This right here, not this. But the, yeah, well, I'm working on that one, y'all. I am. I really am. I promise. I just finished school. I've been sitting at a desk for a long time. So, um, yeah, but here, um, we need to be operating from here. And we go to the Lord, and the Lord will place things in you that, your mind has not translated yet, but there's an impression in there, a download in there. And it takes sometimes praying in the Holy Spirit and just meditation and going over it and over it and pouring over, Lord, what is this in a scripture? But I can promise you one thing, and this is how we, Pastor Andrew was talking about. We've got the author of this book right there. And every translation of the Bible you pick up is going to be, it's not going to be translated 100%. You got cultures, you got, it's been broken down, 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 down through the years. But the one thing you have is the author right there. And when you can take this, you let the scripture interpret, interpret itself in Genesis. It's like a, a thread being woven all the way through God's not just going to have some wild thing out there like one time. It's like what was is what will be. We do the end from the beginning. If you will take the time to look and look at past events and watch that thread as it goes in and out of revelation knowledge and pray over what's going on in the world today, you can begin to see what you need to be reaching for it. And as you reach for it, the Holy Spirit will start showing you in Scripture that you're on track. And he'll send people to you that are like-minded and confirming, okay, 
You're not crazy. Because some of the stuff that I've talked to a few people, um, I thought I was kind of going crazy on some of this, and um, I'm still working on it and praying about it. It's the Word of God, and and um, I'm excited about this. All I'm going to say is I'm excited about this day and time and that God chose me to be in this last day to minister this Word of God and see and walk out what he's going to do in this earth. And Pastor Andrew, there's a word that God gave me, and I'm not saying the the, thus saith the Lord to you or anything like that. No, no, I got it. Okay. This is your 50th year on the earth. That's not a bad thing. This is my 50th year on earth. Oh, oh, that's scary. No, No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But if you know about what the 50th year is in the scripture, this is the culmination of seven jubilees every seven years. And on the 50th year, that's when they blew the horn, all of the debt washed away, and everything, the slaves went back. And everything that was taken by the enemy was restored to them that year. And God told me to start speaking that, and I did at the beginning of my 50th year. And it's coming to pass just exactly the way he said it would. And so I'm going to stop here, and next time we will get into the Scripture and start taking the path through um, the way the Lord's given this to me because Jesus was crucified for our sins but he was raised so that we can walk in power and authority and take what God wants us to take out there and so anyways that's it for now unless do you have anything Pastor Andrew oh should I well come on I know you probably got a little in you Oh, yes, please, come on. Uh, anybody, y'all, I know y'all, one of the things that I will say is that one of the reasons she gets as much feedback is she asks questions as she ministered, and I, I, may, I don't always do that, but um, I like that, but, yeah. I was going to say, on that, that the Yes. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he just, uh, he does. I mean, the Bible says that though our outward man perish, renewed day by day, every day. Yeah, it's all speculation. It really, I mean, it really is. You can't, they've, they've tried to mimic all this stuff. And I, I'm, I follow a Christian psychologist, and she talks about, you know, there's a lot of breaking therapy, different things with regards to the mind, the brain, and the mind, and the Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you and I—we've talked about the the quantum physics and stuff, and how, yeah, you can get a book and try and figure out. I've got that. Somebody gave me one called the the quantum physics for dummies, and I open. I, I was like, no, no, this is not, no, this is. I was like, I don't understand this, you know, I do, but what I, what I believe, yeah, what I believe the Lord has showed me in that is science is looking at things this way, but God does everything from the end, from the beginning, so it's really turned like that, and that as, like if you, I'm not trying to get out there, I'm just saying Newton's laws of physics, all these different things, as those things 
they understand them. What's really happened is the Newton's laws are the children of the laws of physics that they can't see and understand. Everything they see was produced by things that are in another realm that's coming out. And as those little photons, just to, yeah, to make it super simple, the smallest thing they've ever found, because they used to say atom, and then they would say, you know, the quark and this. Then they, now they're saying the photon. Okay, well, the photon is where something, when it's vibrating, it vibrates so fast it starts to become a material. And that's the smallest thing they've ever found. And so the reality, authority of the believer and where we're going is you have to have a human flesh and blood body. A spirit outside of a body can't speak and get results. You have That's why Jesus came in a body. A spirit outside of a body can't speak. Can't speak. Yeah, he has to get in somebody and use that creative force against you. But when you have a flesh and blood body that has vocal cords and a spirit that's alive that has those little photons and those things come up out of a picture and it hits that vibration of those vocal cords and it starts to manifest. And so that's the reason that they can't grasp this because how can you be in two places at the same time? Well, it's easy. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Well, I'm standing right here. No, I'm not. I'm a, you know. They look at it, and it says that the that the the that when the observer looks at it, it changes, and they can't the unborn again man when they look at it, it's gone, it disappears, they can't see it. Well, how can it be in two places at the same time? They don't have any authority or control over it. Yeah, and I'm not trying to get too crazy. Mm-hmm. And he, he spoke it. Mm-hmm. It was a blessing release. And then he couldn't reel that back in. See, we don't understand the power of our words and the spoken word, but he understood it. He said, I've already spoken it. Yeah, it's too late. Is there a blessing for me, Esau mm-hmm. said. And he gave him a blessing. But when he, they, the Hebrew mind, they believe that when that word mm-hmm. was spoken, that blessing was spoken, it took on its own That's, entity. Yeah. And that's how Hebrews, it says, we know, and we've kept it like one, but from that, from, to that end, it says, we know that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Uh, the, the, and here's the thing, you've talked about time over there sometimes, and um, I, I know you, I'm sorry, what is your name again? Becky, I apologize, but we talk about time and everything, but the things that you speak you know, you got that time element in there. The end started from the beginning, so it's like, I don't know if y'all, it's just, it'll make your mind go. But you don't have to understand it with your mind, and that's how you operate in it. So, anyways. Oh, thank you. What did I? Yeah. 70? Maybe? As long as I pass. But, okay, I gotta step it up. Next yeah, I, I will say that what we're gonna talk about is how you get. I won't. I'm not. I won't go too crazy. But how you operate in that, you know, and get the results. Uh, yeah.